This is the Bad Batch Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about Star Wars, The Bad Batch, Episode 7, Battle Scars. But Rika, I'm your friend. Good soldiers, follow orders. Welcome back, fellow troopers. We're back with the Bad Batch. Star Wars, the Bad Batch. Episode 7, Battle Scars. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow troopers. I am one of your other hosts, John. And rounding out the trio of miscreants that is hopping around this galaxy, or galaxy, I should say, a galaxy far, mm-hmm. far away, yeah. uh, I am Chris. Yes. Welcome back, everybody. We are uh, recording our second podcast of the week. We recorded our podcast about Loki, so not been too long since we've all seen each other uh, and podcasted together. No, no. It, it's almost like I see you more than I see some other members of my family. But at least I get to pick you, so I, 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 I'm glad with that choice. That's true. That's Aww. true. That's, that's nice. And, and, you know, at least, at least you get to see your wife more than you see us, which is good, right? True. But yeah, lots of fun uh, starting off our new podcast on, on Loki, a six episode series, also over on Disney Plus. So two Disney Plus shows every week now that we're covering, uh, with Star Wars The Bad Batch. Um, an interesting kickoff, and I think we're going to enjoy, uh, the Loki show. Yeah, we've gotten some great feedback from it. We've also, uh, it seems to, according to um, the news, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we are seeing that it is uh, the highest watched uh, opening episode of a Disney Plus uh, show, um, specifically a Marvel Universe, uh-huh. Cinematic Universe, Disney Plus show. See, I don't trust these figures because nobody sees them. And that's exactly what they said about Falcon the Winter Soldier. It's just that they get more subscribers every month is all it is. It, but, exactly. Yeah. It's all the hiddle tiddles that are joining and watching the 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 Disney Plus. Hiddle stoners, John. Where are you? Well, I'm a hiddle tiddle and a hiddle stoner. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Dude. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I was going to go a tickle hiddleson. No, that doesn't work too. You would totally take all <laughs> if you I would. And he certainly had the, the Marvel abs on full display. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I guess it's still contagious, uh, the Marvel abs. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you got this one shirtless scene coming up. You've got to work out for like <laughs> six months for this 30 second scene. Mm, yeah. And you're I'm, like, yeah. Okay. And it didn't look right because it's, it doesn't look right on a, posh english gent well um, it does on like you know an american boy kind of thing but it's kind of like not on the hot country gent that um i think well uh, i the, will the hiddlemeister is i will refer you to uh kong skull island john go check uh, tom hiddleston out in that he, uh, what he about benedict cumberbatch uh, Better than Cumberbatch, also as as the also uh, six pack. Yeah, also, he didn't, Doctor- he didn't have a proper six pack in Doctor Strange. I know he whipped off his top, but it wasn't quite the. Oh I wait, think. wait, okay. I'm, I'm sorry, it wasn't six. It was a full eight pack. Was, but we'll move on. It was it was better than mine, guys. <laughs> well, I'll yeah. tell you that. True, it true. was better um, than mine cake. as well. We are not here to talk about Loki. We talk about Loki on another podcast every week. If you haven't heard that podcast, you may just be subscribed to our Bad Batch podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our main feed on tvpodcastindustries.com or just search TV Podcast Industries to get all of our podcasts and all the things we're covering uh, over on our main feed. And uh, We also want to hear from you and want to hear your thoughts about The Bad Batch or any of the shows that we cover. Uh, so please send emails to us at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com 
Or you can join us over in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash TV podcast industries. Heareth end the public service announcement. Well, yes. yes, exactly. Just in case, just in case, you know, there's, there's people that are joining us for the first time, of course. So, that is true. Um, I want to make sure that all of our fellow defenders and all of our fellow troopers have the ways to get in contact with us and subscribe to the podcast. But let's get into it, guys. Let's get into episode seven of Star Wars The Bad Batch. Yes, if you are like Rex joining us for the very first time in this Bad Batch show. Yeah, see, see, I'm, I'm tying it in here. See, guys, I do know what I'm talking about. I like it. If you are like Rex and joining us for the first time, we're going to go through the episode details and then we will jump into our blaster points, mm-hmm. our top points for this episode. And we'll sprinkle in some feedback at the end and then wrap this baby up. So very quickly, Derek, do you want to tell us? <laughs> Who gave us what? I'll do it as quickly as I want to, Chris. No. Okay, <laughs> no, this episode was, was written once again by Jennifer Corbett, who's written a number of episodes this season, uh, and is the uh, the executive producer of the show, along with Dave Filoni. And the episode, once again, directed by Saul Ruiz, uh, who did episode one and episode four, or who co-directed episode one and directed episode four. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for Star Wars The Bad Batch, episode seven, Battle Scars? Sure. When they return from another suspicious mission for Sid, the Bad Batch question her motivation. But while Sid is driven by money, she lets the team know how lucky they are that they remain hidden from the Empire and get paid work from her. Meanwhile, former Republic clone captain Rex has tracked down the Bad Batch with the help of the Martell sisters who worked with the team on their previous mission. When Rex learns from Hunter that they all still have their inhibitor chips installed, he gets spooked and leads them to the junkyard planet of Bracca to get their chips removed. On their way to rendezvous with Rex on Bracca, Tech develops a sensor to locate the chips for removal. Avoiding the Scavenger Guild scouts, they make their way to an old Venter-class starship, but before Tech can remove Wrecker's chip, it activates, leading Wrecker to believe the whole team are traitors. Even with Omega's pleas, Wrecker can't be tamed. With great difficulty, the Bad Batch and Rex finally subdue the single-minded squad member and remove his inhibitor chip, followed by their own. With the inhibitor chips now removed, Captain Rex offers them a chance to work with him and the remnants of the Republic. Hunter is intrigued, but with the new responsibilities protecting Omega, he declines the offer. Rex leaves the Bad Batch behind as Hunter offers their services if Rex ever needs them. But as the now chipless team begin to depart Bracca, little do they know that they are being watched by the Guild. Pretty fun episode this time, uh, with a lot of things that we thought were going to take um, a long arc uh, to yeah. happen, and happened in the episode. Let's jump straight into it, because I think there's uh, there's a couple of really fun things to talk about. I know we have uh, Chris on board here, who hasn't watched The Clone Wars, so some of this stuff might not have hit as big with Chris as it has with John uh, and myself, as big Clone Wars fans, so uh, we'll certainly be talking about that in our first Blaster Point Captain Rex returns. So, um, following on from last week's adventure with the Martell sisters, we saw the shadowy figure at the end of the episode that the Martell sisters uh, told that um, they knew where these uh, clone troopers were, where the Bad Batch were. So, it turns out they were talking to Captain Rex. We probably should have guessed that, um, since they've been on his trail. Um, but it was quite difficult to tell who it was because there was not, not many clues given. Yeah, it was cloaked. And, I mean, even in Sid's bar with the cloak up, 
I could definitely tell it wasn't Ahsoka, mm-hmm. um, but it could have been Saw Gerrera still. I know that was one of our theories. It, it was, could have yeah. been Ahsoka or Saw Gerrera. Uh, certainly didn't peg uh, Rex, so it was a really great surprise to have mm-hmm. Captain Rex or Commander Rex before he was um, almost executed um, to return here yes. uh, and sort of reconnect with uh, the Bad Batch. Um, because, I mean, I guess Rex was one of the big um characters from the clone wars series yeah i'd probably put Uh, him up there on the level of by the end of the series or very quickly into the series actually probably on the level of ahsoka and anakin and obi-wan in this show he was really central because you'd have have episodes where no jedis appeared it was just the clones and mostly led by captain rex or commander commander rex for their missions so i I would think he's very central to that. yeah and he appeared in the movie as well that kicked off um the the clone wars in, in you know, with its new animation. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, it was great having him in his, with his armor, his clone armor with the little blue flecks as well that characterize his sort of s- signature, mm-hmm. um, within and throughout the Clone Wars as well. And of course, the, uh, the markers on his helmet for his, uh, for the people he's taken out. Yes. And uh, the battles, all the clankers, as he calls them, and the his, robots and, and his slight blonde hair as well, exactly. which was, his, that's the thing, I guess, in the Clone Wars, to distinguish clones, they had to put some, mm-hmm. whether it was scarring from previous battles or whatever, and Rex had the, the bleach blonde hair, so I, I guess he was a bit of a surfer dude, um, <laughs> or, or got that element of uh, Django's genetic code. Maybe, maybe that's it. So, Chris... Uh, as the big surprise as to who it was last episode, um, you'd heard of Captain Rex before. We've talked about him a little bit in the podcast, but you don't really know him, I presume. No, this did not land as big for me. Um, I have, I don't know the history of Captain Rex, Commander Rex, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I knew that you guys have said that he was this major character. I think we mentioned him in the last episode or previous episode. Kind mm-hmm. of like, oh, imagine he, he will come ho- through, hopefully. Yeah, the Bad Batch mentioned, um, Captain Rex back in episode two when they were, uh, when they went off to the planet to find one of the, uh, clones that had left, um, the clone army many years beforehand. Uh, they talked to him and, and were told that Rex had just left the planet just before them. So, uh, so he's been in the background. There's been an idea yes. that he'd be coming. Yeah, exactly. Um, so for me, this was just like, it, the reveal was, oh, cool. That's who it is. And then, I mean, I, I'm quite glad they, they sprinkled in a bit of exposition. Mm-hmm. We have, um, Omega going, Oh, you're a Gen 1 clone. Uh, and like, how do you know that? Through the lines on your face. It's like, they're called wrinkles. I love that. Yeah. That's a real, uh, a real kid <laughs> thing to say. Uh, are you 90? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you look much older than my dad's. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a thud. And it wasn't an explosion, but it was still, it was just, oh, cool. Okay. This is where we're going. Sure. Okay. Um, and I think that's kind of the, the interesting thing that they, they did it so early, I think, but we can get into that later. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose to, to give it some context for you, Chris, um, you know, and you know, I know you've seen the prequel movies, um, yes. uh, as well, but there's a moment when Order 66 is called. Um, and Obi-Wan's clone that's right beside him is Cody. He's, uh, he's the one that's always been working for Obi-Wan and he turns on Obi-Wan immediately and tries to shoot him and gets all of the rest of the stormtroopers to shoot him. Cody and Rex were both central clone troopers. The two of them oh, work together right. all the time and Rex works side by side with Ahsoka and Anakin Skywalker. The two of them would have been yeah. really close. So, so you follow very much Rex and Cody's story to the end point, which is Order 66 and you see that 
Rex doesn't execute Order 66 and Cody does. Well, it's kind of like, no, he does, but he's able to kind of fight fight it off. Mm. So I mean, it, and it's interesting. He, he does mention here that you know there are only very few clones that could resist it, mm-hmm. um, but not necessarily for the full thing. So Rex does attack uh, Ahsoka, but is able to uh, warn her. Yeah, um, be- right. you know, before as he's fighting it off. But um, yeah, ultimately. That treachery in the eyes of the Republic uh, at that moment, um, he he gets sentenced for execution, um, but that you know he he manages to escape with the help of Ahsoka, of course. Um, And of course, the interesting thing that we hear um, from from Tech here is you know there's not much about him because he's considered killed uh, in action, Mm -hmm. uh, and they fake their their deaths because during the escape the entire starship uh crashes into the planet and um both ahsoka and, and rex go their separate ways so like there's some nice little tie-ins here to to what happens in, in season seven of the clone wars but that's kind of that's where he connects in with the inhibitor chips and i think that's kind of it's why he seems to get so spooked um, by the fact that they're all still remaining is because, you know, he saw what happened to mm-hmm. his his own team with especially with Cody. I think he was also um, in in his clone sort of team. He captained Cody, Echo and Fives. And mm-hmm. I think by the end of season five f- uh, fives it has been killed he he's dead spoilers and um, spoilers yeah <laughs> but the connection to the bad batch then is is not just simply echo but he's prominent in that bad batch arc yep. of that final season seven of the clone wars where they rescue echo who was also thought to be killed in action and mm-hmm. um, but it is a, a successful mission to rescue him with clone force 99 which is the bad, bad, bad batch exactly nice so there's there. some nice little tie-ins here yeah. to season seven and um yeah just having rex back yeah. is pretty cool i really like honest. him and I, I really like how involved he is um i think the addition of him in here when and we'll get to the other point in a second but um but the addition in here of him when this change is going to happen to record you know it's coming from the opening of the episode you know this chip's gonna gonna go and because rex is here what was in my head the whole time and i think that's it's why you choose that character is well he's now going to join the bad batch when record goes against them so we now have an, an another alternate member of this team just in case they have yeah. to chase down Wrecker or Wrecker dies or something big happens with Wrecker. We have Rex here, who's a massive character coming back into this show. And I was kind of going, that adds that nice little bit of extra tension on what actually is going to happen with Wrecker here. Yeah. I mean, it's really good when he, he drew, you know, he's threatening to draw his blaster mm-hmm. because it's almost he instant, know, isn't it? Yeah. The second and he hears about the chips, the, you, you the see kind of not, the nice little Western type standoff uh, in Sid's bar. What was pretty good. I also, I think, you know, maybe just to segue into our blaster point two, okay. um, of no chips for you and, <laughs> and, and the trip to, to, to Bracca. I did name the blaster point, um, so I just thought that was a good name. I, I do. <laughs> no, like, no chips for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do like the fact that, you know, the, he he only knows how to get rid of the inhibitor chip because of how it was done to him. So mm-hmm. ultimately takes, um, the bad batch to 
the planet world Bracker, which is this junkyard world, uh, in order so that they can access the medical deck of an old um, starship from the Republic era. Absolutely. So really, really good. And this is your one, Chris. So this is bringing in another universe into Star Wars. So do you recognize the planet Bracca? Uh, is this the one from the video game from Jedi Fallen Order? Where we, Cal uh, is working at the it beginning. He is, yes. It's uh, the the whole scene opens with him working on this planet, effectively. So, uh, okay. so they're on exactly the same planet. Now, remember, um, that video game is set just after uh, after Order sixty six as well. So uh, Cal Kestis, who's the protagonist in that, won't come to this planet for a while yet. It's going to be another probably six or seven years, but. Again, I love they're going to a planet like this, and this is a junker planet, effectively a planet that, that has all of these crashed, um, massive uh, starships, effectively, from the Republic. Um, very similar, and I think this is where they got the inspiration for the game, really, is, is very similar to uh, to The Force Awakens, which is where what Rey is doing on, uh, on her home planet is uh, jumping in and out of crashed spaceships that are all around her. So, uh, so very similar kind of planet, but I love this is like an entire planet covered like a junkyard. I think it's a cool location for what's yeah. going on. Yeah, the, you don't see much recycling going on except for by, um, you know, the odd people. It just looks like a massive skip, but they must be sort of reusing it and melting down the parts like they were doing with the old um, droids, but it's just like all the rusting ships and that just look completely abandoned. It is literally a recycling planet. This is what the, uh, yeah, the okay. scavenger guild that you, uh, that, that we talked about in the, in the synopsis, this group of people that are effectively scavenging anything they can, parts from, uh, from all of the ships that have been crashed there. Remember the, the kind of thing that we always talk about with Star Wars, why we love Star Wars over other sci-fi shows is because it feels like a lived in world from the opening yeah. of the new, of a new hope. You see these kind of junky ships. You know, where their pilot, like Han Solo with the Millennium Falcon going, oh, this is amazing. And then everybody else looks at it and goes, that's a pile of crap, basically. <laughs> um, the reason why that universe works is effectively, if you look at it all the way through from Phantom Menace, where you had the big shiny ships, all the way through to uh, a, a New Hope. It's effectively everything is now built out of junk from across the galaxy. So a planet like this would be really important in the universe because yeah. they'd be taking apart these massively expensive ships from uh, from the central former government, effectively, and selling them off to pirates and to uh, other travelers in space to build their own ships out of. Well, I must say, I loved the way the planet looked, actually. I mm -hmm. thought some of the shots with all the... The junked um, starships were, yeah. it just looked amazing and actually just, it felt quite epic actually, them walking through, I so. uh, you know, a bit like in The Force Awakens and, and also seeing, uh, Omega's sort of, sort of just, um, wonder at the, the scale and mm -hmm. the size of everything. I think, um, it, it was really nicely, um, uh, done, yeah. uh, I think, it's this a, planet. It's a great reminder again that she's never been off. Camino. Um, so each planet that she goes to is really different for her, you know, and this would be amazing. She's never seen ships of this size, let alone hundreds of them crashed on one planet or sitting on one planet together. It's a, I think it's a really good uh, way of, of showing her wide-eyed innocence, I suppose. Yeah, and she very much is the proxy for the viewer in this. She is She's the proxy for me, which is, okay, yes, I, I have seen this type of um, planet in the video games, but mm -hmm. that is literally about what a twenty-minute action scene, and then you're off planet. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, but so yeah, this is 
Cool. I did look at it and I was trying to see... And I'll have to go back and do a bit of a freeze frame. Actually, don't. I say I'll have to go back. Someone on the internet will go back and do a freeze frame of all the different starships. And look, I'm assuming there's probably Easter eggs in there. It's like, here's an X-Wing. Here's a Mm Y-Wing. Wait. Oh, maybe they're not even... Like, the Naboo cruiser that's there. Or there'll there'll be little sprinklings in because it's Star Wars and it's... Like, it's made by fans as much as for fans. Well, do you want a quick one? Also, All right, go on. Also connected to uh, to Jedi Fallen Order, the video game, uh, the Venator-class ship uh, that they actually go into where they do the do the work and take out the uh, inhibitor ships, uh, that's the same type of ship that Cal Kestis was flying over this particular planet when Order 66 was called. So potentially that is actually Cal Kestis' ship that crashed on the planet, which I just think is a nice little connection. Now, it might not yeah. be. There's, it's a Venator class of ship, so uh, there may be thousands of those that were built, but I like that it's the same class of ship that he was on. Yeah, nice. no, that's cool. There you go. I'm, I'm all full of Easter eggs and little uh, nods that I'm making up as I go. Well, the other one that we <laughs> thought could possibly be something as well is that as they're making their way to the the medical section of one of these Venator class ships, and mm-hmm. um, the tentacled creature living in all the junk that attacks Wrecker mm-hmm. does uh, does have the tentacles at least uh, and looks kind of like the the creature. Uh, a Di- Dioga creature that was in the trash compactor of the Death Star uh, in A New Hope. I thought so. Yeah, I, I thought that that was the same kind of attack that was going on. You know, when you when you have them shooting lasers to stop the tentacles flying out, it really does feel like that moment with Luke and Leia in the in and the it's a junk compactor. It's a junk and Chewbacca. Planet. I know everybody forgets Chewbacca in, uh, in A New Hope and don't even give him a medal, but no, Chewbacca was there. In the <laughs> <laughs> and it's a junk. It's a junk planet. Junk so planet, yeah. it obviously feeds on junk. Otherwise, uh, why would it have been in the Death Star uh, trash yeah. compactor? Exactly. exactly. Much like me, feeding on junk. Well, we all have our Friday treats, Chris. We all have it's our true. Friday treats. Yeah. True. Uh, I, I love the little callback to Wreckers, uh, to Wreckers one big pain point. He can't stand heights. Uh, I love that everybody else gets across the chasm. No problem at all, including Omega. And then he just stands there and goes, I'm fine. I'm not going to cross this. And then... Uh, tries to cross the uh, the uh, chasm, I guess, uh, directly above this creature, and falls into it. Of course, so he's never going to get over his fear of heights, is he? At some point, uh, they'll he'll have to overcome it. And this um, is this is literally the third time he's had to deal with massive heights, and it's yeah. not going well for him. He keeps hitting his head or falling off. I think he's I think he's just me uh, in uh, in an outfit uh, in, a, in a stormtrooper outfit or a clone trooper outfit. Uh, never get over the heights uh, heights problem. <laughs> you think they just outfit him with a jetpack, much like his namesake? Yes, Wouldn't that be even worse than you're flying in the air with like nothing to hold on to? I'm, I'm, I'm for all people scared of heights. I would be terrified of a jetpack. But Chris, we got what you were uh, ta- alluding to uh, earlier on in the season that there will be a moment where we'll have Wrecker versus the Bad Batch. Yes, that happens in this episode. What did you think of how they handled it in the episode, the battle, I suppose, between uh, Wrecker and the Bad Batch in here? Okay. In terms of how they handled it, great. The placement in this episode, I'm very confused by that. Okay. I I just, my assumption was this was going to be, and I said it, I think, in the podcast and also off air to you guys, like, my assumption was this going to be, like, the mid-season finale episode or the Mm -hmm. end-of-season episode where... 
it, it it's it's a bigger, more expansive, maybe two episode piece, uh, and it's kind of like Wrecker is bad, and like Omega has to save him, and cuts through the the inhibitor chip, and yada yada yada. This is a more condensed version of that, mm-hmm. with and they use this plot line to essentially remove the inhibitors. As sorry, well, not to remove them. They use it as that kind of. Rather than them just going to the planet, getting on the ship, taking it out, one bad done, they're off. Way they use this as to to expand out the episode, mm-hmm. and it was done fine. It was fun to see Wrecker wreck. He wrecks the bad batch like yes, he does. literally he knocks them out mm-hmm. a fair whack. And it's they didn't do what I expected in that when he is standing over Omega looming. And she's like, please don't do this. He continued. Yeah. Like, and and he was going to do it if it was not for the disruptor, the, the stun shot mm-hmm. that happens. If it wasn't for Rex being there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's interesting. Yeah. So for any of our uh, troopers who are joining us for the first time, I haven't listened to any of our other podcasts. I usually, I do like a term to say, and it's an analogy in when it comes to TV, they... They zigged when I thought they would zag. I say quite a lot, quite a lot. I thought so we much so it's that. almost a cliche. I thought and we I banned that cliches. at the end of uh, at the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I thought we banned that phrase from the podcast. Uh, we but, banned it from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But no, no, I, no, no, that, that was just, permanent no, 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 ban. No. Permanent ban, Chris. Um, okay. But I really like this fight. I love the fight between the the bad bats themselves because I have to say it's something you don't really talk about with animation. It's how the filmmaking is done, and I think the 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 actual direction in this episode is really good. There's some really um really good lighting in it. Uh, the the moment when Wrecker turns, there's a great moment where he's just staring down at his hands and it's a real close-up on his face and you can see the change going on in his mind. It's really well interpreted in in the animation and there's there's some cool little touches in the fight itself. You know, you see the first shot that's shot at him, exactly as you said, Chris, is a stun bolt. It's the circular blue bolt that's shot at him. So you know everybody's trying to knock him out whereas he's trying to kill everybody else. So there's uh, everything's quite dark in this episode, I noticed, in comparison to a lot of the other animated shows. It's really dark, and it, it feels a bit a bit yeah. horror-like. You know, it's a kid's it, show, but it feels a bit horror-like in here. And there's also one one final one that I really liked, which is um, where Wrecker's being attacked by Echo. Um, I think it, yeah, I think it's Echo or Tech, but I think it's probably Echo, uh, who dives over him and gets hit by a stun bolt and falls on top of Rex, knocking Rex out and himself out. And I loved that you got the impact of what the stun bolt did. It's it, both of them knocked out there. I just thought that the scene itself was really cool. Yeah, I mean, it, I completely agree. I, I thought this was really quite dark from uh, with Rex. I mean, he's trying to strangle Tech mm-hmm. effectively, and um, you know, he's he's on a mission, as you were saying, um, Chris. It, it's your traces, mm-hmm. and even with Omega. Um, because she's aiding and abetting, uh, these traitorous, uh, troopers, then she's, she's in for it as well. And, you know, the, the dark corridors, the, the lighting, as you say, the close up on, on Wrecker's face is really reminiscent of horror. And even, uh, Omega's hide, you know, the, the, the switcheroo where you think she's in one place and she's in somewhere else, you know, mm-hmm. it's classic horror. Yeah, action in a sense, yeah. and I, I thought it was done really, really well. They even um, had your favorite uh, horror thing in there, John. Were you wincing a f- couple of times when we had uh, Hunter versus 
uh, record knife knife. Oh yeah, with the knife. knife. Yeah. yeah, exactly. This is a knife fight. Yeah, yeah I do not like uh, knife fights mm-hmm. um, in film. It just it's it's just the whole kind of. I don't know, feeling. It's like when you see heights on film, you know, like with Tom Cruise on the rock face or mm-hmm. on the skyscraper the, in the Middle East. It was, for some, my, my ankles go weak. My yep. legs turn to jelly, even <laughs> though it's just purely on, on film. And it, it's just the idea of a slicing mm. knife. You know, don't think about it too much, John. Don't yeah. think about it nope. too much. Nope. <laughs> my, my thing is, uh, eyeballs. People yes. touching eyeballs, Absolutely. slicing eyeballs. Yeah. That's my, that's, don't know why. Yeah. The opening, I can't even opening of Star touch. Trek First Contact with uh, Picard getting uh, his eyeball pierced. <sighs> at literally a, a terrifying moment. <sighs> um, Can I ask a question mm-hmm. before we go further? Yeah. And we'll move into blast point number three in a second. Was this earned? So, um, coming out of it, I suppose. So, the, to the end of this is that they do actually get to knock out Wrecker. They yep. remove all of the chips out of each of the Bad Batch. Um, the, the, I was just checking the second time I was watching, I was just making sure they weren't just turning off the chips so this threat can't come back in the future. Mm. Um, what it does do for me, and is it earned to do it now? I think it's it's a it's a good choice to do it. You have to deal with it at some point. Yeah. But what I think it does for the show, it gives them two interesting options. So we've now seen how bad it is. So we now see... Um, Wrecker couldn't be stopped by anybody. There was no, like, I love you, Wrecker, from Omega. And he goes, oh, no problem at all, and puts his gun down. There was none of that. Hmm. And we have one of the bad batch out there, Crosshair, um, who has a chip inside him and has and is now working for um, the the Empire. So we now know how bad or how different his character is for definite. We saw some moments, but we saw him um, pensively sitting on his bed the last time we saw him uh, on his own. Uh, and we thought it was missing the bad batch, but it it kind of shows you what how bad this chip can be for for the clones. Yeah. But what we've also found out is they can remove the chips yeah. from someone that has uh, has already had the chip activated. So potentially this allows them to go and liberate some clones from the clone clone army in the future. So I think it sets up two quite interesting possibilities for for these characters to use in the future. Yeah, and, but and they would I, need I, a medical bay. They, they would need the medical bay. That's they would, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think as well, because we were anticipating this, because it was being signaled with Wrecker banging his head and having the headaches, mm-hmm. yeah. and certainly from the last episode, I think actually it's good to get it out of the way. Because yeah. actually, when you look at the last seven episodes, there are actually now a whole range of layers that are now in this series Mm -hmm. whether it's with fennec shand and her going after them and who might be doing that their relationship with with sid there's um camino which rex mentions you know do you want to get it taken out here to to tech or do you want to go to (laughs) camino like a very sad (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and you've got camino and who Omega is, you've now got Rex brought in, mm-hmm. possibly with Saul Guerrera uh, and, and the nascent, you know, rebellion, mm-hmm. but maybe not. So there's a lot of different layers, I think, that have, have kind of been pulled in over the course of the last, say, two or three episodes. Uh, even with Caleb in, in the first episode, um, you know, and the possibility yeah. of, of that connection to rebels. So, um, who knows if he will feature again? Maybe it was just the nice little Easter egg, but well, nonetheless, they, they mentioned him here again uh, in that conversation between Rex and, and Hunter. We hear him go 
at least I allowed the, the Padawan to escape when everything uh, went bad and everybody turned on the Jedi. The Jedi died, but the Padawan's gone, and he could absolutely bring Caleb back so in. So there's some nice uh, little sort of layers, I mm-hmm. think, that subtly are now in the that just understanding from the Clone Wars and, and Rebels how they possibly will come together in a in a bigger thing yeah. than simply it being about the inhibitor chip. Yeah. You know, because it otherwise it was just all oh, this is gonna happen. Is it no it's not happening in this episode, yeah. not happening in this so yeah. I, I think it actually helps to, off till the end of the season. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe, you know, ultimately we were just thinking a little too small as to what the big thing might be yeah. um when yeah. they've effectively dealt with it in a single episode. <laughs> One episode, exactly. You know? Exactly. But um yeah, I, I think it was earned. Yeah, I think so. What do you From think, my Chris? side, yeah. I think. For for me, I, I I actually do. Um I think yeah, I, I, I don't think waiting till the end of the season. I think the mid season probably for me would have been the the point to do it. Mm-hmm. Because you could stretch it over to and make it bigger thing. Yeah. But you're right. It does it, it takes it off the chessboard, yeah. but uh, so it's kind of like sacrificing your queen in order to win. Uh, so like they're they're sacrificing no, not their queen, but they're sacrificing a plot point now yeah. in order to open up and expand the universe. And at the same point, it is a bit of a misdirection because it was building to a bit of oh my god, this is going to be a thing, and mm-hmm. now I am wondering, and I'm more intrigued to you know. Okay, where are they going with this? Yeah. yeah. What is the outside of Tarkin being the big bad? We don't know what outside of escape from like go on the run. That's okay, I get that being kind of one part, but we still don't know what the the big kind of next steps are. So, I think that'll be interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I think as you say, if, you know, if there is still some mileage with um with the inhibitor, yes. it's probably more sort of tense, more dramatic yeah. with Crosser because they have to go back to the the wolf slur that is Camino mm-hmm. in order to effectively rescue him against his will. And interestingly, he might not respond in the same way as Wrecker. You know, ultimately. But do they want to? That yeah. is even so, that's even like will they want to even try? Yeah, his free will might still be, you know. Uh, a trooper always follows our orders. Maybe, maybe. Uh, let's get on to our final blaster point, uh, just because it's a good close out of the episode, and I liked, I, I liked this moment. Um, and this is the one that surprised me. They found Rex, who is again, as I mentioned, he is this central character for the Clone Wars, and they all know him really well. And he's out in his own in the galaxy. And Rex goes, "Do you want to join in the rebellion?" And they go, "No, we've got a kid now. Um, <laughs> I know. We <laughs> we have new responsibilities. Uh, we need to protect her." Um, and then Hunter says the kind of odd thing of, I need to do what's best for my crew and gets the response from Rex saying, well, what's that? Because I haven't figured it out yet. But I know, basically, but I know it's not going into another fight again, um, which I think is really interesting because the Bad Batch are effectively what we know about them is that they are an elite forces crew. Like that was their, their crew is absolutely a team that goes into a fight. But they've changed completely now over these episodes with having Omega as part of them. They are now there to protect her, and that's their fundamental piece. It means they have to do a few jobs, um, for Sid to get the money and make sure they're all they're all paid up and and taken care of. 
then fine. But they have changed from wanting to go into another battle, which I think is a pretty significant change in seven episodes, right? I think so. I think taking that fighting force, it, it's an interesting bit. I still think it'd be really interesting to see it in aged up. Omega at some point in a future episode, future episode, future series, because can you imagine Omega being trained by the Bad Batch? You you have, she will become the best of all of them. Best babysitters ever. Remember, yeah, it's kind of like the babysitter club on steroids. Absolutely. Remember, we do still have an Ahsoka TV show. We've just seen Rex in this show. Very likely, Ahsoka is going to cross paths with this team in the future. So. You never know. Live action version of Omega in uh, at some point in the future could be coming as well. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. I do think it'd be really cool. Yeah, this this was a surprise to me as well. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think you know you see how uh, Omega has impacted uh, and changed the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. You know, e- even just with the alien popcorn that her and Rekka uh, go. Uh, for uh, as a celebratory snack after um, each of, of their their missions mm-hmm. that Sid has given them, um, that that mantel mix yeah. the the popcorn treat, uh, you know, and you see her giving him some the once he's kind of returned to normal after mm-hmm. the inhibitor chip I was, has I was come, literally going has been taken out. So yeah, I was literally going. Has that been in your pocket? All day? <laughs> yeah, it has. <laughs> It is warm and soggy. You can tell I'm not a parent because I know if a parent got something like that from the kids, they probably would eat it, but I'd be just questioning. uh, As long as that bit in your pocket. (laughs) Uh, But it's it's the the popcorn itself or the Mantel mix. um, Obviously, it's from Ord Mantel. That's where it gets its name. Yeah. But just so you guys know, if we ever get out of this lockdown and are able to travel to other countries, when you go to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at at, uh, Disneyland and Disney World, you can eat Mantel mix. I that, can't wait. That's I'm going to cool. take photos and send it to everyone. I know there's loads of other things that you can also do at, uh, at those Build resorts. a lightsaber. I'm going to have a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. I might even get a dark saber, Chris, so we can battle. Oh, my God. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. But episode closes with um, the kind of setup for next week's episode. They're still on the planet. They're still on, uh, on Bracca. Um, and being watched over by the guild who know that they're there, the, uh, the scavengers guild. Uh, probably not very happy if we've seen scavengers guilds in, uh, multiple Star Wars media in the past. They're not going to be very happy with these people coming, uh, to their planet, possibly stealing their things. So, um, so I'm presuming, uh, episode eight begins with a battle between the Bad Batch and the scavengers guild. Yeah. Or are they relaying their sighting back to old Fennec Shand or Tarkin? Who knows? Um, so, yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah. But they've been spotted. They weren't undercover enough. Yes, exactly. Exactly. No. So, gentlemen, that brings us towards the end of our episode. Before we close out, any notes from your data pad? I think I got most of my notes, but just to mention, as we went through the conversation, I've completely forgot that there's a hashtag for Star Wars The Bad Batch uh, from episode one that we haven't even mentioned on the podcast. My apologies. Of course, they're called hashtag dad batch because they're taking care of Amiga. Yeah, very good. It's a pretty good one. I don't know why we haven't mentioned another podcast, but yes, dad batch. Dad batch. Now I just want to see them. Do you remember three men and a little lady? Mm-hmm. Or three men and a baby? I just want to see the bad batch <laughs> in that pose from all those movie photos. There you go. Movie posters. That would be amazing. That would be very cool. Yes. That would be very cool. 
And then, of course, Hunter would have Tom Zellick's moustache. Of course. Yes, of course. definitely. <laughs> um, the only other note uh, was just Sid's uh, sort of derogatory nickname for, for tech, which is Goggles. I like that. Um, yeah. Which I quite liked. Um, yeah. I do like Sid. And again, it's just having Sid there just at the start, very quickly, you know, the exasperation when she sees that another clone has arrived as well mm-hmm. uh, was <laughs> kind of on point for, for the character. So yeah. this is a nice little addition. Oh, great. Um, another to, clone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's a great addition to the Star Wars yeah, galaxy. She really is. So we were wondering about the impact uh, on her last week after uh, the Bad Bash didn't carry out their mission. Uh, yep. This week, she effectively tells them that she's charging them for every single thing that they need for uh, for going out on their missions. Um, and it seems like she's not paying them very much at all. <laughs> I love that moment where she takes out the case full of credits and takes three of them out and gives them to, to Hunter. And he's going to go, and you said I was going to pay three times this much. Oh, no, no. The job paid that much to me. This is your <laughs> cut. Um, I, love, I love that moment because you're wondering... Is she completely taking advantage of the Bad Batch here? They've never been paid for any work at all. So they have no concept of, of payment effectively. So is she just literally kind of going, I'm onto a really good deal here. I know they may have messed up last mission. So now I'm charging them for food. I'm charging them for, uh, for the lodgings. I'm charging them for bullets for their guns, everything. And I'm able to pay them practically nothing out of my massive box of money. So, uh, I kind of like that, but Sid. Yeah. No, completely agree. Like that, that, that's like it's the rental system in uh, most countries in mm. Europe. <laughs> it's just like we take a small thing and we're yeah. gonna charge you everything yeah. for it. Yeah. So then, Derek, what did you think of episode seven, Battle Scars? I loved this episode, probably because of my attachment with uh, with Rex. I love the character in uh, in Clone Wars. You get to really like him over the years there, and I'm. I'm hoping that he comes across well enough. You know who he is. He's a clone that's been around for a long time. So you don't really need to know too much more about him to enjoy his appearance in the episode. Um, but I just love seeing him back. It's one of those characters that kind of walked off into the sunset. You see him much later in the future and, and what he turns into, I suppose, uh, in uh, Rebels. Um, but there's this whole intervening period where you don't see him at all. So it's, it's great to catch up with him and see what he's been doing. And so much of the stuff I enjoyed in there as well. Really good episode overall. Chris, again, being our newbie to the animated Star Wars universe, what did you think of Episode 7 of The Bad Batch? Yeah, not bad. Um, again, predicated on knowing the Rex character to get the full enjoyment, mm-hmm. but just even based on not understanding who Rex is, it was still really good based on the whole Wrecker situation mm-hmm. and the, the, the outline of this. They subverted some of my expectations in mm-hmm. terms of how the story would play out. Um, and did it a lot earlier. But yeah, no, it was fun. And the way they did it. Now I'm interested to see where they go with this. And I think that's going to be the fun part of the journey. Absolutely. Just like a Galaxy's Edge. Enjoy the ride, Chris. That's the the fun part. John, how about yourself? Did you enjoy the Bad Batch Episode 7 Battle Scars? Yeah, I really loved this uh, episode. I'd give it four celebratory uh, buckets of alien popcorn out of five. Um, yeah, I mean, having Rex in was just like, you know, um, cherry on top, uh, for me. Mm-hmm. Loved, uh, getting back with this character and his interaction with, with the bad batch. Certainly, um, you know, with Echo there as well. And mm-hmm. um, there's real connection with, with Rex and the, the other, 
members of the Bad Batch through Echo. Really liked that. I loved, um, I loved the junkyard planet of Bracca. I thought that was really very coolly, uh, portrayed. Mm-hmm. I loved Wrecker's dark turn as, um, his inhibitor chip kicks in uh, and having to deal with that, you know, um, certainly a lot of dark stuff, uh, going on in that. And of course, you know, we've just, it's just so good that we've got both, you know, Rex back in this universe and I'm really hoping they connect in again with him, but you've got now, um, you know, these, uh, salvage guild uh scavenger guild um you know spotting them and and what does that mean and i just think you know it's in this episode where i just feel there's some really really nice layering going on with um the bigger picture and the the way um that it, it it can potentially come together which is really intriguing and really exciting because we've still got crosshair We've still got um, the the mystery of Omega mm-hmm. uh, that's mm-hmm. all kind of simmering under here still, um, as well as all the new stuff uh, like with, with Rex and his involvement in this new world or new galaxy uh, with the emergence of the Galactic Empire. So mm-hmm. uh, this, this all was like really good for me. Yeah. yeah. Omega confirmed also as... Uh the only clone that doesn't have a chip insider or a, one of a, a clone that doesn't have a chip insider, uh, which was, it came as a big surprise to Rex because every clone, uh, seemed to be had that inhibitor chip put in, uh, pretty early. So I uh, thought that was quite interesting. Another little bit of information on, uh, on Omega and why she's so different, uh, to everybody else. Excellent. Thanks for that, John. And thanks, Chris. No You're worries. most welcome. Well, there we go, Jobs. Let's get on to some feedback for this episode. Uh, Over on Facebook, we had some feedback from Dan Lee, who had this to say. I think this was the first episode where I watched it properly. Not just as background noise was flicking through my phone. Nicely ramped up tension and a resolution to the chip issue. But it looks like they won't be sitting still for long. I should also point out that I think, once again, a lot of the impact was lost on me as I haven't watched The Clone Wars. I have an idea of who Rex is, but that's about it. Dan, you're preaching to the choir here. Uh, we are quite similar on this. And I think you're, you're right. It, it is a bit lost, but they, they gave us enough explanation as to kind of get some of the, the kind of background of the, some of the understandings. But I'm glad to see that, like, you are, you're getting, much like me, getting ingrained and slowly, they have our hooks in us and now they're just slowly reeling us in. There you go. I don't know whether Chris means the writers of the show or me and you, John. Both, really. <laughs> yeah, probably both. I would say, yeah. Thank, thanks so much, Dan. Yeah, thanks so much, Dan. Uh, also on Facebook, Doctor Bob Phillips says, "Reptile punching, surgery without consent, near murder of a child, all good stuff for a PG-rated kid show." <laughs> this is definitely growing on me. Adoring the little Rekiga duo with allusions all the way back to Of Mice and Men and the growing array of people lining up to take out the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. What we can't work out, though, is why the Bad Batch keep wearing their helmets while Amiga is wandering r- around without even a bonnet on. <laughs> can't f- be for atmosphere protection or comms. So is it really just fashion? Um 
I guess it's protection. I kind of, I kind of like what you've picked up on there, Bob, because um, you would assume since Amiga is the most wanted uh, person in the galaxy by the Empire right now, she probably would want to wear some form of face covering um, potentially. So uh, the Bad Batch always wearing their helmets. I think it's probably part of their ritual when they go into into battle and stick on the helmet. You see it with Wrecker the minute he switches uh, into Order sixty six Wrecker. He puts on his helmet, you know. Uh, each one is designed really well, so it could also be fashion there. Yeah, it, it could well be. And I do think that potentially some of the comms are through mm. through the helmet, but I, I can't, I'm not entirely sure. They may still have a bit of uh, wrist comm action uh, as well. I, I um, do like when you look at each of the Bad Batch when they're in their full outfits, you can tell who each one is, even when they're wearing their helmets. I think that's yeah. cool. But, and I also do very much like the idea of a battle bonnet, um, that uh, <laughs> for, um, for Amiga. Amiga could go into, into war <laughs> on the next mission with her battle bonnet. I love it. And um, that would be pretty good. And yeah, I'm, I'm really liking the little, uh, duo of Rekka and Amiga as well. Um, Rekka. That's Rekka to say, but it's about right, uh, when you merge the two names together, yes. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Great, great stuff, Bob. Yeah, thanks so much, Bob, um, for for the feedback. Yes, thank you so much, Bob. Uh, I do much prefer uh, Omega uh, instead of Rekiga. Omega. Just Omega kind of goes off the tongue slightly easier. Er, 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 er. Although, Chris, that is kind of how she pronounces her own name, isn't it? It is. Omega. But it's just with the er, <laughs> er, 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 er at the end from Rekker, er, er, er. So... Anywho, Excellent. thank you so much, Dr. Yeah. Bob. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for your feedback for this episode. If you want to share any feedback with us, please contact us over on our uh, email address at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop over on our Facebook group to facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. And we have spoiler posts in there for every show that we cover. Yes, uh, but we'll be back uh, next week with our chat about Star Wars The Bad Batch Episode 8 which is available from Friday, June the 18th. Mm. Plus, of course, we are over on Disney Plus uh, watching the Loki series that is available now every Wednesday mm. there. We've just uh, podcasted uh, on the first episode of Loki, yep. but we'll also be chatting about Loki episode two, which arrives on Disney Plus on the 16th of June. And in between now and then, we also had so much feedback on Loki that we have a uh, podcast specifically on the feedback from our wonderful fellow defenders, from yourselves, uh, about the first episode of Loki. So uh, looking forward to chatting a bit more about Loki. Um, Bad Batch episode eight. Do you know what that is? The mid-season point. <gasps> What's going to happen? Maybe quite a big moment. As far as we know, there is zero break, so it will just be a big moment that leads into the next, the following week's episode. <laughs> so, but it is the mid-season point, let's say. Mm, hopefully they'll have a 75th percentile point as well. They might have a 75th percentile point. Uh, so that'll be episode 12, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> thanks so much. Talk to you next time. Yes, thank you so much. Chat to you soon. Yeah, thanks so much, fellow troopers. Remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep trooping along. Bye. I'm so Star sorry. trooping across the universe. <laughs> wow. We, we'll get lots of, uh, of complaints from uh, every form of, uh, well, people with ears uh, yes. first, but uh, also oh, yeah. 
also mixing up all of the uh, controversial. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.